When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No credentials. Reviewing Rolling Stone 500. Greatest album. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit, and Ron, maybe you can help shed some light here. Ben mentioned earlier that uh, Meet the Beatles was the first U.S. release. But it was the first release on Capitol, and you've referenced uh, an album called Introducing the Beatles, but that was uh, released by VJ. Now, how did they get their hands on the music and release that in the U.S.? Did they, what, did they just rip it off, or how does that happen? Well, I, I actually did a little reading about this the other day, and I'm certainly not an expert, but apparently VJ was a company either out of, I think out of Chicago and they were black guys and um, they somehow got the rights. They had the rights to these songs. Okay. Um, they'd gotten them quite a bit earlier and I think they, they actually made this album, but they, they didn't release it for a while. And then they, I think technically they released this album introducing the Beatles right before um, a week before meet the Beatles came out. Huh? But I don't think a lot of people knew about it that much. Capital was obviously doing all the advertising. And I think that people just assumed it was kind of some phony knockoff or something. But one of my friends actually had the album and, um, I remember looking at it and was like, well, okay, you know, (laughs) anyway, um, apparently what happened was um, there was a dispute between Capital and VJ over who had the rights and ultimately Capital won the dispute, but VJ was allowed to keep uh, pressing records until mid-October of 64. So they released these, um, and they're out there, and it's pretty much similar to the Please Please Me British album. Right. Um, so what happened was, the reason I have a copy now is that several years later, I walked into a warehouse record store, and I see a stack of these albums, which are long out of print. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I think... Did they did they find these in a warehouse somewhere? I mean, literally, there were stacks of boxes of them, cases. Huh. <laughs> and so immediately, I bought one, and I thought, well, if they if they found these in a warehouse somewhere, this thing's worth some money. <laughs> but I brought it home. I listened to it. It's it's a great album. But now I read the other day, did some research on Google, and it appears that what I have is considered a counterfeit album. Oh my. It was probably manufactured overseas 
but um, it's it's a fine album. I mean, it plays. It, it's great. I mean, it doesn't matter to me that it's counterfeit. <laughs> so, but it's it's not an original. <laughs> so, there's a there's a store in Los Angeles called Rockaway Records, and they specialize in all kind of, you know, there's like about ten or fifteen permutations of the Meet the Beatles album. And there are many permutations of the of all kinds of albums. And they have these books that go through all the different permutations and all the different values. So, but if you have an original of introducing the, uh, the Beatles, it's worth a lot of money. You huh. and Mike share the uh, the love and appreciation for vinyl. It's something I've never really gotten into. But uh, are, are most of the records in your collection ones that you purchased uh, as a youngster or um – have you continued to buy vinyl throughout your life? Well, I did, I never bought a lot of records, um, but I bought ones that were special to me. So I don't have a huge collection, but I never every single record I bought that I loved, I all I have them all. So I'm you know, I'm sitting here right now at my desk with uh, my original mono Beat the Meet the Beatles album that I bought in '64. And my introducing the Beatles album, um, I never bought a lot of stuff, but I I have a, a kind of a neat little collection, um, and I I I buy a lot of I bought a lot of CDs, but um, you know I don't uh, I'm not a big buyer of stuff, but I I do have something that's interesting. You mentioned this VJ Record Company, I have a single. On Tolly Records, T O L L I E, of Twist and Shout, and there's a place which I won at a party in 1964. And um, I, I've always, when I first got it, I thought, well, this isn't on Capitol. This must be one of those fake things, but it's not fake. It's actually, I found out the other day, Tolly was a subsidiary of VJ. Huh. And VJ had the rights to this, and they made this single. I have it, and it's nice. You know, <laughs> it's nice to have something like that. Wow, that's really cool. I didn't buy m- very many singles um, back in those days, and um, once the Beatles, you know, the Beatles changed something um, about the record industry. Before the Beatles, people would buy albums if they were really into a certain artist, but they probably didn't expect most of the songs to be. They buy an album maybe because they like a couple of their hits, and most of the stuff on the album they didn't pay much attention to. Okay, but the Beatles kind of raised the bar so that everything had on an on a Beatles album you loved every song, and. Um, suddenly other groups had to start doing that. Yeah. And then people started buying albums. I mean, if you did some research into, they stopped buying singles and they started buying albums. So they, that was one of the biggest change, the first change that they made in, uh, in, in the culture. Hmm. That's really neat that you bring that up. And Anne said something very similar that her and her friends they were very young at the time when this came out, you know, probably same age you were 14, 13, 14, 15, kind of in there. They had mostly bought some singles of different bands or just a few songs they like. But when they put on 
um, meet, uh, meet the Beatles, the music just kept going on and on this massive album, you know, uh, four times, five times longer than anything else they had put on. And it really did change the way that everybody wanted to listen to music. Why would you buy a single when you could buy these huge albums? And you're, you're right, Ron, it forced all the other bands to follow suit and it changed the formatting of music, at least for rock music. Uh, there were LPs for some, I mean, jazz had albums, but they were a little different, but yeah, it definitely changed it. That's a really interesting point. And I don't think we always think about, we think about everything that the Beatles did for music, but even in just the format of the LP, they pioneered that. Yeah, they changed the record industry. They changed the, they changed the music industry. And they, of course, changed our hairstyles. <laughs> and without the Beatles, uh, we probably don't have the SoundLogic podcast because there isn't a list of 500 albums that people uh, <laughs> sit around and go no. through. <laughs> no. <laughs> If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening. <laughs>